You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Work It. My name is Adrian, and today we are going to be talking about something every one of us cannot do without, and that is money. Specifically, how much we are paid. Hi, everyone. This is Crispina here. Okay, Adrian, can I ask you something? Have you ever asked your employer for more money before? Yes, I did during a job interview. This was after my first business, and I felt I was lowballed for the offer, so I asked for three thousand dollars more. Treat? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. He gave me five hundred dollars more. I just took it, lah. <laughs> How about you, Crispina? I am one of those people who are very silly when it comes to money. I have never asked anybody for more money in my entire career because I took some time off to take、mm-hmm. care of my kids, and then when I went back to work, so it's like being frozen in time, right? As、mm-hmm. far as the employer is concerned, hey, you didn't have a full time job, right? So they go back to the last drawn salary of something that was like eight years ago. It's so silly. And then it seemed pretty like low, so I just asked them, "Does it seem a bit low? Shouldn't I be getting more?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, "Okay, sure, whatever." <laughs> well, hopefully, after today's episode, we can all take away something from it, and maybe also give you some thoughts about revisiting this topic for yourself. Yes, and also <laughs> not to do the things I did. Absolutely. So to talk to us about this tricky topic is Ken Tan, the director of specialized contracting and professional service, as well as the head of sales at Perso Kelly. Welcome, Ken. Hi, morning, Adrian. Morning, Crispina. Thanks、Hi. for having me here today. Nice to have you here. So let's get right into it. Perso Kelly publishes an annual salary guide. Now, first of all, please tell us what's the objective of guides like this. And second, are there any new trends that you have observed over this 2023 version? This time round, we have published this salary guide in collaboration with Skills Future,、mm. right? So, for the purpose of publishing this salary guide is so that we can have greater clarity in terms of the salary range for different sectors and different positions. So, this serves as a guideline for job seekers as well as probably graduates or students who are looking to decide which kind of courses they want to take on,、mm. what are the salary that they can be expecting when they graduate. So, it's more like a guideline for the general public. Yeah. So,、mm. in preparation for this episode, I actually went online to look at other salary guides as well,、mm. and I came across one from one of your competition. So,、mm. for financial controller, for instance,、okay. they listed, and I of course turned this into monthly to balance it out. You'll be looking at around ten to thirteen thousand dollars per month,、mm. on、uh, average. Yes. Whereas your salary guide shows between nine to eighteen thousand dollars, and I'm certain if I look at more salary guides, the numbers will also vary. Yeah. Why do some of this numbers vary? And I think importantly,、mm. as a candidate, when I have all this disparate information, how do I harmonize and make sense of it? Right, definitely there will be disparity across a、uh, different salary guide because it all boils down to what kind of sectors you are in, as well as the years of experience that you have.、Mm. For us, we publish it as nine to eighteen thousand, so as to give a wider range because we have come across financial controller who are drawing nine thousand、uh, all the way to even eighteen thousand. So it depends on different factors as well as, for example, for financial controller, you'll be looking at how big is the P and L that they are looking after.、Mm. So if you are A financial controller in a small local MNC, right? The PML is small, so you will be getting lesser. Right. So if you are a financial controller in, say, a multinational company, looking after a bigger PML, that's where you can command higher salary. Actually, that's quite a good point because when I was researching on the topic, right,、mm. I realized just how complicated it is to compute compensation.、Mm-hmm. 
Because in my mind, I don't know about you, Ken, but when I was working, we don't think about what components go into a salary. (laughs) We just assume that, okay, there's this amount Mm. and everybody just accepts it, for Mm -hmm. example, right? Right. But when I was looking at it, it's got a whole list. Your Mm. role, Mm. your experience, Mm. what the market is paying, Mm -hmm. And as you said, whether it's a small company, a big one, MNC, global player, of course, if I work for Google, it's a different story, right? Right, right. And whether you are managing a team or not, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like it's very different for different industries, supply and demand matters. Mm -hmm. For example, certain jobs obviously will pay more. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're desperate enough to have a software developer that you need Mm. for your business, what do you think? Mm. Instead of going on gut feel, right? If I want to ask someone for more money or if I want to negotiate a salary, Mm. instead of just saying, okay, I want $10,000 or I want 20% more, what other things should people be looking at? How do they make the decision? Okay, should I look at AWS, mm. performance bonuses, medical benefits, etc., etc.? People just mm. look at one figure and think, okay, mm-hmm. that's it. I think for remuneration package, usually there's different components to it, right? So not just the basic salary. There's also the variable bonus, the AWS, like you mentioned. So all this should be taken into consideration rather than just looking at the monthly fixed salary because mm. different company has different bonus structures. So for example, if a company is offering you, say, 10000 with just one month of AWS okay. versus a company who is offering you 11000 which seems to be higher, but then there's no AWS. So if you spread it out over a monthly kind of... Uh, breakdown, I think the first offer will be better because there is a component of AWS. Mm -hmm. And also we have to look at whether there is variable bonus components and also what are the bonus payout for the past few years. Usually we check with our clients on uh, what's the average variable bonus payout for the past, say, two years. Then usually they will say, oh, maybe it's 1.5 months to three months. Yeah. Yeah. Some company will say, oh, for the past three years, we have only been giving out half a month of variable bonus. Mm. So all these factors will come into play when deciding which job offer to take up. Right. And I think one thing to add is that nowadays, unlike 10 to 15 years ago, the job seekers are no longer just looking at remuneration. There are a wide range of other factors that they will be looking at. The most apparent one will be the work-life balance, the mm. working arrangement, the flexible working arrangement. So all these increasingly becoming a key consideration factors for job seekers, right. especially those with uh, family commitments. I see. Yeah, mm. so uh, we have come across candidates who would rather take a lower salary, but given the hybrid work arrangement, rather than having to work full-time in the office every day, but with a slightly higher pay. So I think some of the candidates with family commitment would rather choose the former. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Can I negotiate like this, for example, mm. right? Mm. I am offered a job, mm. but the company says come back five times a week is mm-hmm. the policy. Yep. And so I say, maybe I can accept a lesser offer, but give me two days at home. I would say based on experience, usually the working arrangement is not so negotiable because ah. it's across the, the okay. board. Mm. Yeah, so it's company-wide. Because if you do for one, you have to do for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of companies is like maybe Monday and Friday, they can work from home. Then Tuesday to Thursday, they have to be in the office. Mm. So if I were to give you this special kind of uh, arrangement, then it may 
cause some discontentment from the mm. other employees. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay. So when you talk about negotiation, you're actually talking about two different offers, right? Mm-hmm. Company A versus Company B, and then you see if Company B offers flexi mm. work. But yeah. offers lower pay, mm. you would go for that, yeah, because it aligns with what you need at that moment. Yeah, I think the negotiation part will fall under the portion whereby, let's say both companies are offering the same salary, okay, but mm. one is hybrid work arrangement, another one is full time work, work arrangement. So for the full time work in the office work arrangement, maybe you can negotiate for a higher salary given the fact that you have to come back to office every day, right? Yeah, versus the other offer, which offers the same salary, but mm. you have the option to work from home, say, two days a week. Mm. So the mm. point is really to look at many other attributes beyond just the mm. salary, beyond just what is coming into your bank account every month, because mm. there are yeah. really a lot of things. And we are just touching a bit on the iceberg on hybrid work. There's also things like your purpose at work, how fast you can climb, yeah. Yeah. what are the learning objectives, is it a regional role? There's just so many things to look at as well. Yeah, yes. But you would recommend that people should be open to negotiating for more money. Yeah, generally, both candidates and, and clients, they are open to negotiate in terms of the offer salary package. Right, yeah. right. So don't be shy. That's what he's <laughs> saying. <laughs> and how much then would that really be too much to ask? Like mm. earlier on, I mentioned yes. about the amount that I asked. Honestly, <laughs> I just wet. I have no idea what was the, the bearing. $3,000 is the way too much to that. ask. La. Is there a hard and fast rule on how much more negotiable would a typical salary being offered to you could be? Rather than looking at the absolute amount, like you mentioned, 3000 what we do is usually we look at the percentage increase mm. from your previous employment. So, for example, if you are drawing 30000 a month, 3000 more is just 10% more. But if you are drawing, say, 10000 per month, mm. 3000 per month is like 30 over percent more. Mm. So, usually we look at it in terms of a percentage. I think there's no hard and fast rule in terms of how much increment you can be looking at for your next job. But usually, it all boils down to the demand and supply. So, for example, in the technology sectors, mm. some mm. clients are willing to pay even 30-40% increment just wow. to get the talent because there's talent shortage. So if you are talking about maybe a more generic back office function where there is a dime in the dozen kind of candidates. Yes. Yeah. So then your negotiating power will not Drop. be that strong. Correct. So it also boils down to how interested is the candidate or how keen is the candidate in wanting to join the company. Mm. And also how keen is the company in wanting to attract this talent. So it depends on who wants who more. Yeah, <laughs> like everything in life, like right? Everything yeah. in life, and one thing about negotiation is many companies always have this tendency to ask candidate, "What is your last drawn salary?" Mm. Obviously, they're using it as an anchor, as a benchmark. Mm. Some people say this is pointless. Companies should just pay what the person is worth, mm. and really, there is no legal requirement. But yeah. if it's yeah. a company policy to ask. What can you do, right? Mm. How would you advise job seeker or candidate to respond, especially in knowing that the last drawn may not really put them in a good possible position? It's fine for the candidate to share what is the last drawn, but if the candidate feels that the last drawn salary is low for a certain reason, he or she can maybe elaborate to the potential employer on why he or she was drawing that salary. So right. for example, maybe we can say, oh, during the COVID pandemic period, there was salary freeze for mm. three years. That's why my salary has remained stagnant for the past three years, right? And given my exposure, my work responsibility, my experience, I think in line with market rate, this should be what 
I should be getting rather than just trying to hide what is your last round salary. Yeah. You know, suspicious. it's funny. I actually heard a story about someone who basically <coughs> did not want to give last round salary to mm. HR when they asked. Mm-hmm. And her reason was, it's not relevant, right? You want this role, you know what's the range, mm. you have a budget, so make the offer based on that. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was, wow, very brave, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe younger people nowadays, they just don't care. Yeah, They're like, look, I have the skills, I have mm. what it takes, so let's go and see how it works. I mean, I think these things will change. Yeah, I think it's starting to evolve. So compared to, say, five to ten years ago, yeah. I think it is quite common. I would say 99% of the potential employers want the candidates to tell them what's the last round salary. Mm. But like what you have mentioned, I think in the past few years, because it's not a legal requirement, there are some candidates who are insistent that they do not want to share yeah. what's their last round salary. Right. And we are seeing more of this kind of cases. That's interesting, right? Mm. So That's there's really a trend there. Okay, so speaking of kind of old practices, I noticed in the salary guides, not, not just yours, but in general, mm. there's still a difference between diploma and degree holders. There is. And... Okay, I'll tell you something. So when we are looking for people, when I have to write up a job description and Mm. requirements and Mm. et cetera, I remove this requirement. I have started to do that because Mm. to me, it doesn't really matter whether this person has a degree or a diploma Mm -hmm. from where I'm sitting. Of course, HR has (laughs) to make a different calculation based Mm. on how much they're going to pay. But I focus on skills Mm -hmm. and the government has been encouraging people to look beyond just having a degree, etc. Do you think that too will finally go away eventually? Yes, I I think so. Because uh, right now for the past few years, the trend what we are seeing is that compared to previously, clients when they mentioned that university degree is required and usually that is cast in stone and it's quite fixed. So if you have a (laughs) diploma only, they will not even consider. But right now, we are seeing increasingly our client considering, even though they will still state in their job description that degree is preferred, preferred? Yeah, yeah, but they are much more open to interviewing candidates who have no degree, but they have a diploma, but with maybe more years of experience. Yes. So for example, the job description requires the candidate to have a degree with five years of experience. They may be open to, to seeing candidates with diploma with, say, eight years of experience. Mm, because mm. for most of our clients, I think during the interview process, I think it's the personality oh, yeah. that really comes across to them. Yeah. And it's one of the important deciding factor on whether they, mm. they get the job. The important caveat is that there are, of course, there are many jobs that require degrees, right? Lawyers, doctors, etc., etc. What I'm talking about is a very skill-based economy Mm. when it comes to jobs like tech, for example. Mm. You could have been a poly kid, but really very talented coding Mm. person, right? Right. I would pay you Mm -hmm. what I would pay the degree holder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And still, your future doctor or lawyer may have passed their exam with ChatGPT. So it's still the same thing. I'm not going to that future lawyer. <laughs> the next thing I'd like to understand from you is if you have to approach your own salary negotiation, mm. let's say tomorrow you have to meet your boss, you have to you want to start a conversation about money, you mm. feel that you deserve more. Mm-mm. What are true? What would be your own strategy in compiling whatever you need to compile? How would you approach this conversation and mm. how would you navigate the entire communication? Right. So I think in order to have this conversation with my boss, I will have to set an appointment with him okay. and tell him the agenda. The agenda will be, I want to talk about my salary. Mm. So 
there will be maybe certain kind of defense war sure, uh, yeah. because uh, we're expecting that you'll be coming to us for more salary. So I think the main thing is to approach this conversation in a more conversational way, a dialogue way, rather than just going to the room and say, hey, look, boss, I think I'm underpaid. I've checked with my friend from other companies. I know what my peers are getting. I, I'm underpaid. Right. I want to get so much more. Okay. in the next increment. So rather than being so confrontational, maybe we can change the angle to say, hey, uh, look boss, I have this aspiration to reach this amount of salary mm. in the shortest time available, right? Can you help me to chart out my growth and plan for me what I need to do in order to get to that salary that right. I, I'm looking for. Right. So it becomes less confrontational and mm. it's like for the boss to have his input on how you need to grow in order to reach the salary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because you are paid this salary for a certain reason Yeah. Mm. instead of that salary that you're looking at. So that there must be some certain gaps. That means you are probably not up to a certain expectation or mm. standards. So mm. that's why you are getting that salary. So this is a chance for your boss to share with you what are your shortcomings, how you can improve, mm. what are the expectations that he or she hopes to see. Yeah. In order for you to meet that threshold of getting this much more, for example. Yeah. And usually, if we are looking at a substantial salary increment, you usually comes with promotion. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, this can be a good conversation as well to, to talk about what I need to do to get promoted to the next level. And of right. course, with a promotion comes a bigger salary mm. increment. Yeah. I think that's such a good tip, right? We always try not to be demanding. Mm. Because there's so many factors involved, right? right? It could be a big company with a very limited pool. It could be a small company with a limited pool too. Mm. So there's so many different things. But I think to me, what matters is that I need to know the information. Mm. I need to know the data. Right. It's not about just going to my boss and saying, I want $1,000 more. I think I deserve. I need to go with evidence, right? You're right, of course. So first of all, I need to figure out, okay, what's my ban? Mm. What is the upper limit of my band? Mm. Where are my peers? And what's the kind of job that I'm doing? If I'm doing the pretty much the same job but doing it better, then maybe I have a case. Mm-mm. What I mean to say is that I think you need to go in with a science approach mm. rather than a heart right. approach. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Which is another good use case for your salary guide Mm-mm. because that would also be a good ammunition. For yeah. you to provide hard data. It, this is what I think I deserve because the entire market is paying this amount and based mm. on this title, which I think is where I fall under. Yeah. So I do agree on the hard data aspect. And mm. I think Ken earlier on also mentioned about making appointment and all that. I was in my mind thinking about, oh, then should I gaslight my boss and mm. put some other item as the event <laughs> <laughs> so that he or she will not be so guarded. God, but on no, a, <laughs> don't do that, right? Ken? No, no, Definitely don't do that. that. <laughs> but on a more serious note, I think looking mm. at to see if your boss is in a good mood. Mm. Is it just past quarterly earning <laughs> announcement and it was a really bad quarter? Reading the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really need to mm. read the room. Is it a good time? Mm. Or did we just close a new big customer? Ah, okay. Maybe this is the best timing for me to approach it. Oh, did we just lose three customers? Mm. Maybe I hold on. Fair. I think uh, the timing is also a, a key Quite factor. important. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I would advise that when you go into such a uh, conversation, get your ammunition or bullets ready. So for example, you can share what's the achievement you have done. What's your, for example, year-on-year growth that you have brought to the company? What are the new clients you have brought in, the potential pipelines? All these quantifiable results, you gather them together and share with your boss. Because right. your boss may not be just managing you as a subordinate. Maybe yes. he or she is managing 10 to 20 
direct reports. Sometimes he or she will, will have forgotten that, oh, actually can broaden this client or actually can had a year-on-year -year growth for the past three years, very outstanding growth. So it's a reminder to him that, mm. oh, these are actually my achievement and actually I deserve to be yeah, remunerated yeah. more. Mm. How important your contributions were to the company's bottom line as yeah, well, Yeah, a right? reminder to, to the boss. Yeah, so I think in that sense, you're advocating for yourself, mm -hmm. but you're doing it in a very rational data-driven manner mm. which I think always helps right yeah okay we're mindful of time so maybe as a last question you mentioned the non-monetary things mm -hmm. right mm. so like working for a good boss mm -hmm. work-life balance mm. good benefits yeah, for example yeah. how much should they matter okay for example I give you a scenario right mm. would you work for a boss mm -hmm. who expects you to work weekends okay doesn't really care about mental health, but you are paid, say, $12,000. Easily two to $3,000 more than another offer, similar job. Would you take that? Depends on the, my family commitment mm. and also, like you mentioned, what stage in life am I at? So if I'm a fresh graduate or someone who's just in the working society for one or two years, I still have the drive to want to climb up the corporate ladder, then mm. I will consider the offer that You'll you... You'll take it, right? No kids, right? Yeah, Can without kids. <laughs> <laughs> Can deal with the toxic boss. Adrian, you? Oh yeah, when I'm young, I would say yes to almost anything. <laughs> but I think as life goes on, as you accumulate more and more stuff in your life, you also realize the famous saying in Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yes. In this case, with higher salary, comes greater responsibility. Do you want to take on more? Mm. Maybe you have always been an individual contributor. If you take on more, you have to manage people. If you cannot even manage your own life, would you want to manage people? Mm. Weekends, mm. regional, flying, etc. So I guess it really depends on your life stage. But if you are young, you want to really excel, you have bandwidth in your life, perhaps saying yes could be a better consideration. Yeah, so you can cry into your money. Yeah, yeah, use it as tissue paper. Yeah, and I think <laughs> even though you have kids, there are some... Candidates, you know, have a very high financial commitment, right? Yes. So they want to earn more. So yes. they don't mind putting in the extra hours to And just to be deal with whatever comes, yes, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You know that this is the goal. Mm. Money is important to you at this stage in your life. I actually did ask some young people in the office, mm. would you take $10,000? I said, terrible boss, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yes, of course. <laughs> this is Singapore. <laughs> Do you have any kind of maybe top tips or something you abide by um, mm -hmm. when it comes to salary that you can share as a matter of closing? I think in terms of salary, the mindset is very important as employee, every employee of the company. So you shouldn't have the mindset that, oh, I'm doing so much. I need to get paid so much. It's okay. more of what you can contribute to the company. So if you are willing to contribute more willingly without asking or wanting for any returns, eventually the bosses or the management will realize this fact and know that you are a valuable mm. talent that they want to retain. Right. And you will, will eventually get remunerated accordingly. Yeah, right. yeah. Actually, that's been my experience mm. too. I always feel that the work speaks for itself yeah. and the rewards will come. That's my takeaway. Adrian, what about you? I think, firstly, disclaimer, because I'm at 40 years old now, so the way <laughs> I view things may be very different to the younger folks who listen yes. to the program. But I think, by and large, it's really important to have 
balance across every aspect of your life. Mm. Like going back to the last question that we asked, would you want to have a sucky boss? For me, I don't think so. If I'm younger, maybe I can deal with it. And also what's the power distance like? Maybe he's or she's three office away, then it's okay. Yeah. Or maybe the person is not even in Singapore. Maybe it's okay. Yeah. But I think overall, you just want to have that balance to achieve what you want in life. Because life is obviously beyond just a job. But to salary negotiation, I think the key takeaway I have here is really maybe consider doing a weekly, daily log of your achievement mm. because the recency effect sometimes may just kick in. Yes. If you had a bad True. week, you did not really score a goal for the past few weeks and then you go to your boss, bad timing. Mm. But even if you were to go there and say, hey, look, these are the past 52 weeks of achievement. I only miss out on one week. And that's a very different conversation. Yeah, yeah. keep the receipts, right? Yep, keep the receipts. Uh, thank you to right. Ken, our guest today. Thank you for listening to the Work It podcast. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms, on our app, on MeListen, etc. Thank you and have a prosperous 2024.